Okay, so I I had to come on here because something just happened that I need to talk about. So I came on here and I after I woke up from a very like heavy vision slash dream. I talked about it in a previous episode. I had a vision slash dream that me and my sister, we were in college and or we were in school. I won't say college. We were in school. I figured it would have to have been college because of the age I am now. That's what I'll just put together. But I'm realizing it wasn't about me. A lot of these visions aren't me. Like I'm sent. Like I'm on I'm on I'm on assignment by God. He's placing me in these visions, these situations, these circumstances to show me something, to reveal something to me. And also to like like he's like he's doing something through me. And I had a vision that we were in school. We got a really hard work assignment. It was a project uh um like a essay or something like it was past essay it was a project and all I know we were in school school had just started we were like it felt good to be in school I liked school but when I was at school the project it was I was I was partnered up with people. I, I knew different people. Guys liked it me. Guys liked me. Not liked it. Guys liked me. I was in school and I got a partner and a partner with this project. And all I know is I wanted to be in school, but the project was so hard. It was hard for me. I didn't I couldn't figure it out, and it was hard for me to figure out. So I went home, and it's like we have dorms. So we're in a dorm. Me and my sister shared this dorm. There's this guy there. He says, you know, this is, I'm assigned to this dorm too. And he's there, but something's off about him. But he's cool, so... You know, I just, he he stays there, but we end up finding out that he is like a random straggler. Why do, I don't know why, but I feel like I'm in Washington, D.C. And he's like a straggler. And he's like, like one of the crackheads on the street, like the homeless people. And he heard one of the like teachers from the college or whatever you call them, mentors, whatever, who would, you know, make sure the kids got into their dorms. He heard them say somebody's name who was supposed to show up to the dorm. The guy never showed up, and he took that guy's name and came moving into the dorm and and told us that it was him, but that really wasn't him. He really was just a homeless man off the street. So meanwhile, I'm not going to school for like a week. Every day I'm pressured to go to school, go to school, go to school. But I won't go because the project is so hard. I keep thinking about, like, I can't do this. I can't figure this out. And... I, you know, I'm every day is getting later. Every day is like, a, you know, I'm getting more behind. And I just feel like I don't know this work. 
but I have a partner who is pressuring me to come back to school so I can finish a project with him because I'm also putting him behind, but I won't go to school. So I'm, you know, it's me and my sister. My sister also won't go to school as well. And my sister is laying on a bed asleep. And then one day, you know, after we found out this guy's just a homeless man off the street, we didn't kick him out because, like, he didn't have anywhere to go. And, like, I don't know. It really felt like one of those Martin episodes where it's, like, it's the guy who's just staying there. Well, not the Martin episode, but that movie. Uh, I forgot the name of it, but it was a guy who's just standing on a couch and nobody wants to kick him out. But... He was he was there and like he was kind of in a way over looking over us. We didn't need him to watch us or look over us or anything like that. And all I know is one day, you know, some this girl was staying there too. She ends up moving into her dorm, I guess. And we kind of like we don't need nobody else here with us, but they here, so it's cool. We are like really poor and. All I know is one day somebody comes in and says, hey, you know, it's these girls who, you know, they stole something or some money, something. And we said, OK, we about to go rob them. We about to go get it back. All I know is as we're getting ready to go do this, nobody's afraid to do it. Nobody's afraid of what's going to happen. Like It's just like, you know, yeah, we about to go do this. Like we ready and we like that. And then all I know is, you know, the girl, we tried to leave her asleep. I remember I took a hat off her head because my sister needed it. And then she woke up like, I want to go. And she didn't even realize we took the hat off her head. So we was like, yeah, you can go. But we, we didn't say she could, but we didn't say she couldn't. So she was just going. And then all I know is we was getting everything ready to go. And I had the gun, I had a gun, like my sister handed me a gun. The gun fell apart in my hand. This is when I saw the devil. The devil told me to keep going anyways, even though I knew the gun was falling apart. So I just thought that was a big red flag. And Jesus put it on my heart like, that's dangerous. That is a faulty gun. Like, that gun is dangerous. Like, that gun, you can kill anybody by accident because it just goes off by accident, not well with the slightest movement, like a bomb. And it's falling apart. It's not well made, but we made it. I could tell like we made it because it's like falling apart in weird areas. It's not made like a real gun. And I didn't know what it was. It was plastic. And I'm like, what kind of gun is this? Because I know guns. I've had guns before. I've seen guns before. I grew up around this kind of stuff, sadly, but like this gun falls apart in my hand, but I still keep going because I said we about to go rob them. Our idea, like we were about to go steal, but it was because they stole from us first or something like that. Something went wrong where they schemed or finessed something. And all I know is I, I kept going anyways, but as I kept going, I'm I'm getting things ready and we almost out the door and then the gun goes off. Boom. And I feel in my heart somebody got hit. You shot her. You shot her. That's what I heard in my heart. You shot her. Who was her? My sister. 
But I look up like, are you okay? Are you okay? Is everybody okay? And the girl who's supposed to go with us, she wasn't shot, but I couldn't look behind me to see who was shot. And I was told it was my sister, but I looked for my sister. And before the vision ended, my sister said, I'm okay. But I, I realized that was my mind freaking out. Like, I can't lose my sister. So, like, I really felt I shot my sister and it was, like, done. Like, after I felt that, it was done. Like, it was no... It was no going back after that. Like, it was no taking back what happened. It was like, it all happened so fast. And, like, we were we were about to go rob somebody. And I was like, you know, this gun just fell apart. Like, so much is messed up, but I'm packing guns. There's so many guns. Like, it really, I really only saw, like, two or three. But it's the understanding there's more. And the fact that the gun fell apart in my hand the way it did, it fell apart from, like, it looked like a paper, like, if you put, like, if you take, like, wooden or cardboard shapes of a gun and you put them all together to make a hollow gun, that's what it looked like when it fell apart. And it kind of exploded in a way when I first saw it. And I think that was a warning from God, but the devil, I saw darkness when the guns automatically shaped back up together and I just ignored it and decided I'm gonna go anyways I'm gonna keep going forward with it it was dangerous for me to carry the gun it was dangerous for me to have a gun it was dangerous for me to use the gun but I still had to understand like we make these or we made it or something like it's not safe so I woke up from this vision and I felt like this really heaviness like why didn't I just go back to school why didn't I just go to school why didn't we just go to school? If we had was if we were going back to school, maybe we have a future. And all I know is just recently I'm scrolling down this timeline and it says boy kills his 13-year-old sister by accident with guns he made. And I just can't help but to feel like that's connected in some way. Because I'd be I realize that these visions are very these visions are very significant. I know which ones are more significant than others, and this one was definitely very significant because the one thing that was on my heart and I kept thinking about when I woke up is like, you know, if only I could go back in time, all the times me me, my sister, my brother, all of us, like, skipped school, dropped out. If only I could go back and just go back to school. If only I could stress the importance of being in school. Like, I really love to learn. I really love school. If it's hard, like, I'll figure it out. I had a partner. We could have figured that out. We could have got that assignment. And we could have did that work. We could have done this. Like, if only I had gone to school, that's all I could think of. But I also was thinking, like, but I'm starving at home. We don't have food. We don't have things. We don't have resources. Like, we don't have parents. Nobody, No parents were there. But that's why I thought it was college. And then in this story, the parents weren't there. And I don't feel that it happened the way that they think it happened or how he said it happened. I feel that it happened the way I said it happened in the vision because Jesus showed me this. He was going to go rob them back. In this in the in the video it said that they came to rob him and on their way out he was shot he shot at them and it's it hit his sister. 
but in a vision, he was going to pack a gun to go and rob them back. And it kind of happened like that still, but the gun went off and it hit his sister. I think, I don't know, this may not even be connected, but I genuinely have a strong feeling in my heart that it is because I'm immediately reminded of this vision as soon as I see the story. And that doesn't happen all the time, but God does, you know, he gives me prophetic visions. So... I feel so sad because we have things in common, even though they are different. We are from different ways. Of, like, we are from different walks of life. We have things in common, I feel. If this is them, well, I have. Th- I would just speak on the people in the vision because I don't feel like it was me. The reason why I don't feel like it was me was because every single time I thought about going to school to get that assignment done... I kept thinking about how I can't do the work. It's too hard. I'm not smart enough. And my mind was thinking, you know, no, I love school. I love learning. I'll figure it out. We can, I can, we can figure it out. That's what I was saying. We can figure it out. We can figure it out. I got this. And I kind of like use my mind to try and figure out the project. What is the project? You know? And it was different. It was a different mind than the mind I had, which was, I don't know any of this stuff. I don't know this. I don't know it. And then kind of in a way giving up. But in my mind, I wouldn't have given up not judging them because that's also one thing that was, you know, sort of addressed. Like, you know, I don't need you judging me because, like, I'm already going through so much and this is hard, you know. But, like, I wasn't trying to judge them. I was just not realizing that it wasn't me because if it were me. That's how my mind would have worked. And I was, I guess, like I'm always trying to figure things out in visions and trying to, you know, figure out what am I here for, what is going on. And I guess in that moment I was trying to figure out if this is me and what was going on and is it my future, is it my past, my present, what's going on. Like, And I think in that moment I was trying to figure out, like, you know, that's not like me. It's not like me to, like, not want to you know, figure an assignment out. If I don't go to school, it's because, you know, I'm unmotivated in another way. Like, a lot of times I'm unmotivated because, like, I'm behind because I just, you know, I don't have, you know, stable, a stable home back home. Like, my home, like, at home, I'm going through so much, so many things going on, it's unstable. So at school, I can't focus. But as far as the work, if I had the opportunity to do it, like I can, if I can focus and I don't have all these other stuff going on, going on that's distracting me, then yeah, I love it and I can figure it out. That's what we had in common: the unstable home that was distracting. But as far as the work goes, like we didn't have in common that because they were, they didn't feel they were smart enough. They didn't feel that they were worthy enough. They didn't feel good enough, and they felt. It's no point. I don't say they felt it was no point of being at school, but it was just like giving up on school because they felt dumb and they weren't dumb. They just weren't, you know, prepared. Like nobody was preparing them. Nobody was helping them or they had help, but nobody was really like doing what needed to be done. Like I feel like, you know, they needed a teacher, a tutor, something like that. You know, somebody who was very active in their lives and you know paid enough attention to them to see where they're at where they're at and where they need to be that's what needed to happen so 
they didn't have that, nor did they have, you know, parental or, you know, parental guidance or figures at home. So the parents weren't there, like, at all, the whole time. They had to get themselves to school, and they weren't going. So I don't know if it's them, but I feel that it's very, like, I, I don't, I, I don't, I think that's, like, a really, I, I don't believe that's a coincidence. I don't believe that's a coincidence, and it's very sad, but. I also want to talk about where I'm at right now, where, like, I I feel a disconnect in a way where it's like, you know, with these visions and, and what's going on, like, I feel disconnected in a way where usually where I have visions like this, like, it's almost as if I, you know, can still reach out to them or something can be done as far as, like, getting them near God, like letting, helping them to realize Jesus is always there, no matter what situation or circumstance, always going to be okay. But as soon as I woke up from that vision, I feel completely disconnected from them. And that doesn't happen. And also right now I feel a sense of like offense. Like it feels like I'm being offensive or it's offensive for me to, you know, talk about this or, you know, talk about the connection I have in this, I'm not allowing it to affect me because I know that, you know, this is a distraction and, you know, it's all going to fall back into, you know, where it needs to be because I'm not going anywhere. Jesus is not going anywhere and this is not going anywhere. Trust me, if it could have gone somewhere, I would have, you know, it would have been done that because I really been trying to, you know, I ain't going to say trying to leave. I've been trying to keep going, but, like, I've been feeling like wanting to give up for so long. So, this feeling I have is, like, I feel like it's witchcraft where they're kind of blocking me off from, like, access to, like, you know, God. And blocking me off from access to, like, what's going on. Because God kind of has me in the loop. And I'm realizing day by day, especially today, he's doing all of this for a reason. Like, this is where I'm supposed to be. Earlier today, I got a word that was like, it was like, and you wanted to stay in Mexico. And when I heard that, I said, wait, you're saying that, like, you know, that wasn't the right, well, I know it wasn't the right decision, that's why I'm here. But, like, you're saying that, like, I realize that now. Like, something just made me realize that now. And it was nothing to make me realize that at the time. It was literally I felt nothing. But I realized just by hearing that, that that means something is going on. So I tried to figure it out. And I sensed that there was something or, or someone around that is working in my favor. So I, I tried to be encouraged, but I couldn't be encouraged off what I didn't know. Um, I just, I just decided to be encouraged of what I could, I did know, which is the fact that, you know, me getting that message means something is hopeful. I feel so disturbed right now because even though I know it's just another one of those days, I feel uh, 
you know, like I feel like I feel so much dark energy and negativity. I really do. And it feels like, you know, it feels like it's a block. It's a wall. I'm not getting through. And it just feels like, you know, I'd rather cuss you out. I'd rather be angry. I'd rather be, you know, disrespectful. I don't want to, you know, like, no love. No love. Well, a little. Barely any. It's deep. It's buried. But I can also sense, like, you know, people are turning away. People are pulling away. People are going back to their old ways. People are, you know, they're starting to, I won't say they're not, they're losing faith in me, but they're feeling like how they used to, who, you know, so what, who needs her, you know, I don't know, more like a, (sighs) hard-hearted, I guess, hard-hearts being really really hard-headed where I'm like I'm really trying to like I'm I'm really trying to use the situation I'm not trying to use it but I feel like my heart wants to recognize and realize that this situation should be something that really grounds you know me and a lot of people like this is God. This is real. This is happening. Like this is not a game. We should not be playing. Like people are dying every day. When it happens so fast, excuse me. People are dying young due to these mistakes. One day you hear. One day you not. One minute you hear. One minute you not. And we all feel like we have room. To just play with play with that time, and we don't know when we'll have, you know, a chance to repent and turn to God. And I'm just feeling like repent. That's on my heart, repent. But I also feel like you know people are feeling like you know I can do what I want. You know, this this ain't. I don't care nothing about that. Who cares about ever being good? Or not even who cares about ever being good. Who cares about that? That's corny. Not even that's corny. Just, you know, nobody's thinking about a future. Nobody's thinking about what's going to happen. Nobody's worried. Nobody's really considering the severity of these situations. Like, God just showed me this. And if this is real, he showed me the death of somebody's sister and, and the detrimental effects and the disastrous effects of these homemade guns who 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 knows you know this person felt like they were dumb like they were not worthy but they were you know smart enough to create a gun and build one if only that had been applied in school you know and the one thing that was on my heart I wish I could have just went to school and I love school so that's clearly how this person was feeling they didn't have the resources. They didn't have and they didn't have what they needed to be able to do these things, even though God was there. 
trying his best to give them what they needed. Like, the whole time I felt God, like, go to school every day, all day, pressuring them. Go to school. Go to school. What about your assignment? Call your partner. Your partner is... Your partner needs you because you're putting them behind as well. Go to school. Don't you feel better at school? I know you hate being home. I know you hate your circumstances. But school felt like Jesus was there. It was a bright light shining, like heaven, white light. And this person felt good there. They felt, you know, they felt better. And if only they could have been there. So many times we take for granted, you know, things like this until it's too late. And I wish I hadn't played over there in my life. Like, God sent me on these missions where I, where he feels I'll be the most effective. And I feel like I would have been the most effective in a situation like this because I have so much in common with that. Like, being smart enough to really excel in school and become somebody, but dropping out and deciding to stay home and do nothing because of my circumstances at home. Like, because of different things going on, like, all this stuff. Like, and it's like, now looking back, like, I could have been in college. I could have, I could have been doing so many different things. So many, I could have been so, so far ahead. I've been thinking about that. It's been on my heart for all day, really for a few days. Like, where I would be if I had gone to college, if I had gone to school. And, like, I'm very smart. And it would be a waste of a mind to not go. And I'm wondering, like, should I go? But at the same time, is it too late? Because now God has, you know, placed me in this situation where he's using me as a chosen vessel. And I'm so grateful and blessed and honored. But is school out of the question right now because of the circumstances I'm in? Where it feels like, you know, I even noticed today I went to the store. And when I went to the store, I realized, like, first opportunity that these witches, that these demons, that these, you know, hinders get, they're trying to pull me completely out of what God is trying to do through me and leave me in a place that I didn't even start in, like worse than where I started. Like, I don't even know if it's worse than where I started, but it's just not where I should be. It's a lie. It's a facade and it's fake and it's it's horrible to want to leave somebody there because it's all, you know, set up and li- like they set up and lied and placed this whole thing. You know, they're trying to put me in a life that is not, I'm not meant to be in. That's not mine. But I also see it as God using it for good because the thing about it is I would never stay there. I could never stay there. It's not my life. It's not me. It's not for me. That's I don't I don't know whose life it could have been. I'm not gonna judge anybody, but I'm just saying it's not for me. That's not what God intends me to do. So that's why God's using it for his good. Because every time they try to leave me there, I'm like, you can't leave me here because I don't fit here. There's no way I would ever be left here. And you know that. You know it. And it's it's sad because there's so many different it's sad it's sad but you know what makes me sadder is like not the fact that they're leaving me in this situation because like I said I'm not going to stay there there's no way I'll be there there's no way that's going to be my permanent situation period that's not what God intended to happen but 
what makes me sad is the fact that this is what they're still trying to do, even after seeing everything that God has done in this situation, even after seeing his hand on this situation, even after seeing Jesus literally, you know, show up and do all these different things, they're still trying to get that to happen. They're still in the, going in the wrong direction. They are still wicked. What are you like? How could you see? What God is capable of and still be doing this. I, like, I knew, I wouldn't even understood it if you don't see it. Because when I didn't see it, I, was, I, I wouldn't have done it. I wouldn't have done nothing you're doing. But how could you see and still be doing what you're doing? You see. Like, you're, like, I don't even want to call nobody dumb. I just want to say that. It saddens me. It deeply saddens me because you wonder where these people will end up. For me, I am suffering every day in this situation and a lot of times struggling in this situation. But I know I'm going to be okay. So I'm always, you know, hopeful and I'm I'm just always worried about them more because I know I'm going to be okay. But when I look at them and I see how they are not, how they are not, you know, taking heed. How they are not re- being receptive to everything God is doing. All these warnings, all this patience, all this mercy and grace he is showing. I worry for them. Because I say, what are you going to do? Like, I don't want to talk about me anymore. You know, it's sad because, you know, you see how God is, you know, using you. He loves me. God loves me so much. He loves us all so much. And for God to have chosen me and love me so much that he's allowing them to step on my heart like this and treat me like this and do me like this all day, every day, for however long he's allowing this to go on for. And knowing how much he loves me enough to even give me, you know, this multitude of an assignment, which shows how much he loves them. How can they still not be receptive? See, he loves you so much that he would throw me in the fire for you. But he loves me so much that he would give me the opportunity to show you. Like, or help you, or... Like I just I just feel so sad, you know, cuz it's like it's like it's rolling off them. Like it's not rolling off them. They are rejecting, they are rebelling. They are really just fighting what he's trying to do. And God is love. Like what he's trying to do is it's just it works out in everybody's favor. It works out in everybody's favor. It's just, I see what they're doing daily, and I see that it's a matter of, I want to be my own God. I want to be God. I want to do what I want to do. I don't want to listen to him. I don't want to do what he says. I don't want to, it's not even about whether he's right or he's wrong. He's right. I mean, not wrong. It's, it's not It's not even about the fact that, you know, they don't agree with what he wants for them as well. Like, whatever he wants for me and I would end up getting, it's not that I don't even feel like that's a good thing for me to have or I wouldn't appreciate what it is. It's just the fact that I want to fight this because I want to, you know, I want to be able to, you know, 
I want to be arrogant. I want to be stubborn and I want to be prideful. It's sad and you see it and you feel bad for them because I look at them and I say, you know, you just, you can't, you can't do this alone. You can't do this without him and you know it. So why are you hurting yourself more and other people? You know, I know you just want to hurt somebody. But why? I feel bad, but I also want to tell them like you'll be okay. You'll be okay. Even as much as you fight it, no matter how much you fight it, no matter how much you don't want this to happen, no matter how much you don't want God to help you or anybody else, you'll still be okay. Because he has the final say. So everything you're trying to do to sabotage yourself and others and everything that you're, you know, just even if you don't care, every t- everything that you're trying to do to, you know, keep that, to keep the love in the, in the, all the love God has for you, you know, it's not even that they're fighting that. It's more like, because it's different situations, but everything that you're trying to do. He's not going to let you even do that to yourself. That's what it is. Simply put, he's not even going to let you do that to yourself. So, that's just what's on my heart. I feel so bad, you know? They are doing so much, so much, and it's all for nothing. It's all for nothing. It's none of it is worth it, you know. They try so hard to ignore me, but it's like, it's really like, you shouldn't have to try hard to ignore anybody. If you ignore them or you don't care, you're indifferent. You're just indifferent. You don't care. But if you have to try hard to ignore somebody that's there, that means you really do care. You really do want to help or whatever. And it's there for you. You know? Nobody can stop you from having what God has for you. But, you know... It's, it, it's, it saddens me to see a lot of people who want to be so cool and who want to feel like, you know, whatever. You know, I don't care about that. What You know? And it's like, you do, though. You care. Like, God knows you care. He knows your heart. He knows that, you know, you're hurting. And that hurts him. And it's sad, you know. But like, you know. I spend so much time being selfish saying, God, I just want to be out of this situation. I'm suffering so much. Why should I have to suffer for stubborn people who don't want to listen? But 
he keeps me in this situation. And I know that's not because he don't love me. That's not because he don't, you know, have a plan. He's not keeping me in this situation because he forgot about me. He showed me earlier that when I think he's not there, when I think he's not paying attention, when I think he's forgotten about me or is overlooking me, you know, he's doing so much and it's all according to his plan. I need to remind myself and be absolutely sure of how sure he is. I need to be absolutely aware of how in control he is of everything at all times. Sometimes, so many times I forget and I, you know, I feel so bad and I feel guilty every time I'm reminded of how in control God is at all times because I treat him sometimes as if he doesn't have control over this situation. And that's because it's not by accident. I'm not ignorant. I'm doing this on purpose. I am intentionally doing this because I feel offended that things aren't, I feel like, where they should be. And I'm not all the way wrong because I am hurting and suffering. A lot of times it doesn't make sense. It hurts. I can't see what's going on. And it feels like it's for nothing. Not it never feels like it's for nothing, but it feels like it shouldn't have to, it doesn't have to happen. But God is always in control and I feel like I am offending him when I pretend as if I don't understand how in control he is. It's a mindset. When you know God is in control, you don't worry. When you know God is in control, you don't complain. When you know God is in control, you follow him. Blindly, even if we need to follow him blindly, you submit all control over to him. You submit everything over to him, everything. And you go through whatever trials and tribulations you have to go through because they're worth it for him. That's when you know he's in control. So I lack that. And I'm sure that this is an opportunity to build on that and learn how to stop, you know, Forgetting how in control God is. Or not forgetting, neglecting, you know, that fact. Neglecting that he's in control. Neglecting the fact that he's in control. So, I realize that it's a learning situation. It's a learning process for all of us. Like... So many different things are happening daily. You know, feels like for so long, I'm like, what is it going to take? Is this person really worth this work? You know, I hate to say stuff like that because God could have said that about me. I get it. But like so many times I want to be like, God. Are you sure I can't just give up? This person doesn't feel like they are progressing. This person doesn't feel like they are changing. This person doesn't feel like they are doing anything differently ever. Or that they, you know, like how long would this take seeing that they're not making progress? Or it doesn't seem like they are. And God always reminds me, trust me, you know. It's going to happen. You know, progress is going to be made. It's not gonna be you know what you think like it never happened after all the work like you know trust me and I'm criticized so much 
about, you know, worrying about this progress and worrying about, you know, what others are doing. But, you know, when I say what that got to do with me, then I'm wrong. Like, how can you criticize me for caring now? Because God showed me that that's what I'm here to do. But then before, for so long, I was like, every single time God was telling me about the situation, I'm like, what does that have to do with me? Like, that has absolutely nothing to do with me at all whatsoever. I do not care. I care, but I shouldn't care. Like, if it ever came down to it, on paper, you over here, way over here, and I'm way over there. But forget paper, forget all of that, right? God put me here. But what I'm pretty much trying to say is it feel like I can never do nothing right. Like I'm not ever, it's not ever like, it's nothing, everything I do is wrong. Not because of God, but because of the critics. Like, and I shouldn't care about the critics, but these are the, you know, these critics are the very ones that God sent me to save or God is here to save because I don't want to even take credit for his work. But, you know, they can never be pleased. They can, they, I can never satisfy them. When I'm working very hard, you're working too hard, you're doing too much. When I'm not working at all, you don't ever do anything. When I care, why do you care? When I don't care, all you care about is yourself. Like, (laughs) tell me what I need to do. Because you got it all figured out. You know, I don't know nothing. I'm just here trying to listen to God. I'm just here trying to follow God. I'm just here trying to help. But, like, I've said this so many different times. You know, they'll have something to say about anything. You know, if they talk about this, they're talking about this. Then, you know, okay, even if I did fix it, you just find something else to talk about. Because you just want to, you know, be contrary. You just want to fight me on something. You just want to have something to say. Or feel like you're right. You know, and I ain't saying you wrong. I'm just saying, like, you know, <laughs> it don't, all of that, everything you're saying, everything you're doing does not negate the fact that God is here and you see it. He's doing something here and you're a part of it too. So we can keep doing that for however long that take clearly, you know, it ain't like you're going to stop now just because I said something. But the fact of the matter is, like, I'm stuck here, too. So, you know, I don't know if you're stuck here, but whatever. All I know is, you know, I just want to do what God sent me to do regardless. The fact, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, Ugh, I hate you. I hate being around you. I hate every second I have to deal with you. I don't want to make it feel like that. You know, the fact of the matter is, like, when it comes down to it, if I want, if I have to love you, not have to, 
if I'm supposed to love you, then I love you. And I don't hate you. I won't hate you. God taught me years ago, don't hate nobody. Nobody, you know, don't even hate. Don't hate. That's of the devil. So I don't hate anything or anybody, no matter what they do or what they say. I just, you know, trying to figure it out. I'm just trying to figure it out like everybody else. But, you know, if I'm going to say 100% was on my heart, I'm going to say that, you know, I see that, you know, it's, <laughs> it's I'm going to do this. And this is, you know, it feels like the attitude is like, you know, whatever you feel like you're here doing or whatever God feel like he's doing through you or, you know, Jesus, God, all that great goodness, love, all that. I don't care. Not not even I don't care. Just, you know, I'm still going to do me and I'm going to do it and whatever. I don't know how to put the like the words or I feel like scrambled, but. You like you still gonna keep doing you, however you feel like doing it, and this train ain't stopping because of it. But like, still, I know in my heart because God is telling me, "Oh, that's changing. That's changing." You know. <clears throat> so, regardless of what you're doing, that's changing. You know. I just, I'm not about to force myself to get through to anybody because God is telling me like, don't, you don't have to, it's going to, it's like, it's going to get through to them anyways, whether they fight this or not, or however they feel like they're doing something, whatever they feel like they're doing. It's going to get through to them. You don't have to fight to do anything. You know, just do what I'm telling you to do. And trust me, everything is going to be okay. Man, like, the way people act, though, like, I've been given a sight by God, so I don't see how I used to see it. I used to be like, oh, I can't stand how this person ever, I can't stand it. So, oh, like, man, something about you I just don't like. You just make me so mad. But now, it's like, I just, I don't have an opinion. It's whatever, you know. All I know is, like, I want what God want. And, you know, I'm here for that. Period. I'm here for what God want. So, you know, 
And also, like, I feel like God has shown me, if I'm being 100% honest, God has shown me that, you know, the people who do the most, you know, to act like they don't care that they got it or that everything is, you know, good for them, they good. They, you know, they don't need nothing. They are the ones who need God the most and they're crying out for him the most. Like, hey, look at me. Please help me. I'm hurting. That's what it sounds like to me when they say, you know, do I look like I need you? I'm good. Or, you know, you need this. You need that. That's you. You know, all of that. And it's like, you know, God knows what you need. You know, you don't have to. You don't got to tell me nothing. You don't got to show me nothing. You don't have to. You don't have to listen. Don't submit now. Why? Why I'm looking? I don't even have to be there when it happens. But I know you need that, and I pray you get that. So. It's like it's this understanding that you see that they feel like everybody's always in it for something. And I'm in it for something, but not nothing selfish. Like you think. Paul feel, Paul said, you know, they look at us and they think that we are doing the works of God for ourselves. But it's never for us. And we know that. We know that. So... You know, let them keep talking and let them feel like, you know, whatever, you know, you ain't getting that. And it ain't even for me, it's for you. So you ain't hurting nobody but you. But, you know, That's all. I I just feel like, you know, it's sad. But that's what I'm going to link underneath this podcast. I will link or under for this podcast in the description is going to be the scripture about Paul and what he said.